The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting people, relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Hey, Chadville, happy Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday, Kellen? It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Okay, here we go. Um, it is Wednesday. We have a, another four-pack of tickets to give away to the Edmonton Eskimos today. Plus 420, your chance to win your way in to Jet Away with Jay Lynn as we give you the word of the day for that great trip to Puerto Vallarta. On the show today, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to take a look ahead at the provincial budget tomorrow. We're going to talk about your brain at 3 o'clock. We'll have an edition of fit after 40 at 3.30. So much to come plus this. Um, Prime Minister Trudeau spoke to the media today and this is where we're going to start. It was the first time since his Liberal minority win on Monday night. Uh, We know that there is a definite East-West divide in this country right now. We hear it on the phone lines, we see it on the text lines. Well, Trudeau was asked about what he expects the premiers of the country to do to unite Canada. I expect um, premiers Kenny and Mo and all premiers to stand up for the interests of their citizens. That's their job. Uh, and people in Alberta and Saskatchewan uh, have been suffering and struggling because of circumstances beyond their control. Yesterday, Premier Kenny said he wants to see Trudeau unequivocally support the TMX expansion. And today, Trudeau talked about it, saying it remains a priority. Uh, we have, over the past few years, endeavoured to be supportive. We have endeavoured uh, to get those resources to uh, new markets, and we're well advancing on that. But there is more we need to do, and I look forward to conversations uh, with all premiers across the country about what the next things we should be doing to better serve Canadians. Well, one of the things Premier Kenny talked about in his media conference yesterday afternoon was his belief and that of many of uh, me, uh, and that of many others, including many of you, that the equalization formula is fundamentally unfair. This was part of our platform and we've expressed this consistently. I've raised it with the Prime Minister before and uh, the position of Alberta is well known on this. um, That um, we believe the equalization formula is fundamentally unfair. But but let, let me point something out here. First of all, of the $20 billion net annual contribution that Albertans make to the rest of the Federation through their federal taxes, only about $3 billion of that is through equalization. That's important, you know why, in part because it's insulting to us that we have to subsidize provinces that choose not to develop their own resources with the resources that we develop. We think that's, that's a perverse incentive for other provinces not to develop their resources. Uh, and we think it's fundamentally unfair that it keeps going up and up. There's no ceiling. There is a ceiling on the fiscal stabilization program. There's also sorts of ways in which equalization is unfair. But it's the entire $20 billion of net transfers out of this province that, as I say, we don't object. We don't object to sharing some of our, our wealth. What we object to is Ottawa and some provincial governments expecting us to pay those bills without allowing us to develop the wealth to do so. So all we're trying to do is connect the two. You want us to pay the freight and the Federation? Fine, then help us to pay the bills by selling our oil in global markets. 
So how much sway could a province have over a federal program like this? What would it take to change the formula to better serve Alberta? Is it even possible? Equalization was entrenched in the Canadian Constitution in 1982. Uh, to explore more on this, we're joined by Dr. Jared Wesley, Associate Professor, Director of Master's Programs, Political Science at the University of Alberta. Dr. Wesley, welcome to the show. And now, uh, can you start by giving... Um, my listeners, the basic 101 on equalization mentioned it was entrenched in the Constitution uh, decades ago. How are allocations determined? What are the basics on this? Sure. Well, it's important to note that the equalization principle is the thing that's entrenched in the Constitution. Ah, and the thank principle you. itself, yeah. No, the principle itself is has been supported by Alberta governments uh, dating back to Lockheed, obviously, who, uh, who supported originally, but even Ralph Klein uh, was a strong supporter of the equalization principle. It, it's pretty simple. Uh, the federal government through uh, the federal government will ensure that provincial governments across the country have enough funds so they can provide comparable levels of service at comparable levels of taxation. And what that means is, uh, you know, you, you insist that they provide comparable levels of, of services, but that could be uh, that they, we don't want that to be achieved through crippling taxation rates. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, practically, that's been fulfilled, as you mentioned, through a federal program called uh, equalization, which takes money out of the general revenues of the federal government and sends it to provincial governments that have lower than average revenue generating capacities and that's what the premier's talking about is the calculation of those capacities which has varied um, really back since the 1950s uh, to include natural resources in some calculations to include all 10 provinces in the calculation other times half the provinces or half the natural resource revenue but the, at the, the, at the you know the bottom line is that that formula itself while uh, most prime ministers and finance ministers at the federal level will consult with provincial with their provincial counterparts it's ultimately a federal government decision. And and the last time it was revised in a major way, Jason Kenney was around the cabinet table, and um, most political scientists and economists would agree came up with a pretty uh, fair and equitable formula that's thought now through two governments. The the Trudeau government uh, kept it. Jason Kenney has said he would use equalization as a negotiation tool. He has said that if he did not get a timely completion of a coastal pipeline, he is prepared to hold a constitutional referendum to end equalization, to, quote, assert a fight for fairness to to the top of the national agenda. Um, He has said it would be put before voters on October 18th, 2021, which would be the date of the next municipal election uh, in in Alberta. What would that leave us with? What, What would that do? It, what, what, would a, what would a referendum do? Well, it all depends on the question, and we haven't got clarity on the question. Um, I, I think you, you'd mentioned that one option is for them to suggest that we remove that section of the Constitution and remove the principle itself from the Constitution. That's, <laughs> that's a non-starter, and I think most people across Canada recognize why you need at least seven provinces, if not more, with 50% of the population in order to make an amendment like that to the Constitution and their are a lot of provinces that receive equalization, so that's probably going to be a non-starter. But I, I think if you look at, at Premier Kenny's letter to the Prime Minister yesterday, you get, a, you get a sense of what he would like to talk about. He'd like to use the referendum as leverage, certainly, but to talk about other elements of Canadian fiscal federalism, ones that aren't as, um, I would say, uh, sexy as equalization <laughs> is, ones that don't get a lot of attention. And the one that he highlighted in his letter 
is the Fiscal Stabilization Fund, which helps out provinces like Alberta that do quite well but are subject to boom and bust cycles. Mm-hmm. The Fiscal Stabilization Fund is there to make sure that if there's a year-over-year loss, that there's a cushion provided by the federal government, not unlike equalization, but separate from equalization. And what he's asking is for the cap to be lifted from $60 a person so that Alberta is cushioned better than they were in the last downturn. Is that something that can be done? Can, Absolutely. It, it can be changed? Yeah. Absolutely. And again, yeah. that's, a, that's a federal program as well. And th- those kinds of discussions usually happen at the finance minister's table. Finance ministers meet uh, every year in December, and I'm certain that that is something that, that the Alberta government will be bringing up. Uh, back just to equalization uh, again, but, you know, just to so my listeners are clear of this, you know, in its current form, uh, Al- Alberta can't opt out or end equalization, can it? Well, it's a federal program. We, no. we don't send money to to Ottawa for equalization. There's no equalization check that flows to Ottawa or any other province. So no, we can't unilaterally end it. And it's also worth noting that there's no uh, sub-apocalyptic uh, <laughs> scenario under which Alberta would receive equalization. If Alberta is, is below the national average in terms of its, its uh, fiscal generating capacity or economic uh, capacity, we're all in a, a heap of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jared Wesley joining me this afternoon. I know you've been asked, asked and answering a, a ton of questions um, about all sorts of uh, issues since the uh, since the election. I know recently I was reading, uh, you had been quoted as saying that rather than threatening to force a referendum on the issue, you think it would be more effective to elect strong Western Canadian voices as MPs in Ottawa. So we do, and we have elected some strong MPs headed to Ottawa, but all in opposition. So what do we do now? Well, it's interesting, but it's a minority government situation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people point to the fact that the Conservatives might not be in a position to topple the government. But opposition parties, uh, like the Conservatives, have a lot more authority over House of Commons committees. So I would look to see what this new new, um, crop of Saskatchewan and and Alberta MPs do around committees like finance and and, and ones that have, have some control and natural resources that have control over some policy because they can actually call witnesses in some cases, they can ask pointed questions in a way that they can't in a majority government situation. Dr. Wesley, do you think that uh, Albertans have a right to be ticked off about this? About what? About equalization. <laughs> about equalization? <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I, I think uh, you know, Premier Kenny's letter yesterday is, is putting us in the right direction. We're okay. actually talking about the, the program, the part of fiscal federalism that is fundamentally unfair to oil-producing uh, provinces like Alberta, and it's the Fiscal Stabilization Fund. If we lift that cap, then if we encounter another bust like we did a couple of years ago, uh, then Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Newfoundland can feel like the rest of Canada is there for them when they hit hard times. And I think that the clip that you played from Premier uh, suggests that that's all Alber- Albertans are looking for, mm-hmm. is really to be treated fair, respected, and, and to be given, uh, um, you know, given a hand up when they need it. Dr. Jared Wesley, Associate Professor, Director of Master's Programs, Political Science at the University of Alberta, joining me this afternoon. Um, Justin Trudeau just wrapped up a, a media conference a short time ago. Uh, it was his first time speaking to the media uh, since uh, since Monday night. He said that he is taking time to reflect on how to work with the opposition parties, but at this time uh, he has no plans to establish any sort of formal coalition. Uh, does does that surprise you? What do you think about those comments? Not at all. If you take a look at the momentum through the campaign and the message that the Liberals seem to be taking from it, um, they're, they're, they're in no hurry to cooperate with the New Democrats in particular because the New Democrats um, performed more poorly than we expected them to on election night. 
Um, and they can afford to take the new Democrats, quite frankly, for granted, because uh, Jagmeet Singh and, and the NDP is in no position to run an election anytime soon. They yeah. haven't got the, the financial resources to do so. And as a result, they're unlikely to, to beat the government um, for, for a while. So I think you, you'll see Trudeau govern a bit like Harper did in 2006, govern as if he has a majority, um, and then and then we'll see how this goes over, over the course of the next couple of years. There was an Ipsos poll uh, that was some numbers released yesterday or today uh, suggesting that 63% of respondents uh, believe that Andrew Scheer should step down. Of course, yesterday he said that's not going to happen. He's staying right where he is. Do you think that he can last very long? Well, it's going to be up to the Conservative Party. Yeah, um, He's going to face a mandatory leadership review in the coming months, and they're going to have to decide whether this was uh, whether this uh, conservative campaign needs a major overhaul or whether it needs minor tweaks. Mm-hmm. It's very seldom you see a, a, a leader of a political party gain in terms of votes and seats and, and get and get turfed. Usually it's when they lose seats or lose votes that, that you see them um, exit the stage. But I think the Conservative war room is probably huddling right now and thinking about whether they need a, a, re, a serious rebrand or whether they feel like their message resonated in places like the 905 in Toronto, which is where they really need um, to pick up to pick up momentum. Uh, just one more question before I let you go, Jared, and I appreciate your time this afternoon. Another um, uh, text coming in nonstop because proportional representation has come up a lot in the last 24 to 48 hours. Someone says, um, could we have a referendum on proportional representation? That's from Gamer Brian, and I don't know if we'd have a referendum on it, but how could we change proportional or get proportional representation? Well, we've had numerous numerous referendums on electoral reform across the country. BC and PEI alone have had three oh, themselves, geez. like okay. six, six combined. And Canadians, at the end of the day, don't seem to have any appetite for it. Um, the system that we have in place is what it is. I think people look at proportional representation and they, they look at it through the lens of what current election results are. And that's not the way to look at election results. I okay. think Canadians, political parties, everyone behaves differently under different rules. We have a system that's in place right now that arguably has, has contributed to national unity more often than it has contributed to national disunity. So I just caution people uh, when, they, when they think that proportional representation is going to be a fix to, to some of the challenges that we face. And what about all those folks out there that think uh, separating from uh, the Federation is going to be the fix? Well, I would say let's let's take them seriously. Really? Um, I, 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 you know, I, I would li- I would not like us to be like academics or like citizens in the UK who dismissed Brexit as a rid- as a ridiculous notion, or or folks in the United States that you know sleepwalked through the rise of Trumpism. Uh. Um, and that's why I'm actually encouraged by Premier Kenny's comments about uh, launching a, a, a discussion with Albertans about uh, their place in Confederation, which provinces have done from time to time. Quebec has done it before. Newfoundland has done it in the past, in the recent past. Um, maybe it is time to talk about um, Alberta's place in Confederation in, in a way that is constructive, gets some real facts uh, on the table, and that's something that our research team here at the University of Alberta is looking to do. All right, Dr. Wesley, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. You bet. Uh, take care now, uh, Dr. Jared Wesley from the University of Alberta. So we'll hear some of those comments from uh, the Premier coming up on... Um, you know, his plans on, on what 
what we could do to look at uh, Alberta's place in Confederation, in the Federation. Uh, if you have comments, text me at 630-630. You can give me a shout at 496-0063. I did find that Ipsos poll um, regarding Andrew Shear interesting at 63%, suggesting that he should uh, <clears throat> step down. I do find it... Uh, you know, so he, I get, yeah, he he did. He brought more. He brought more seats. But part of me is like, how do you not beat Justin Trudeau going through those um, those scandals that Justin Trudeau went through in uh, in the lead up to the election? I'm wondering how many of them are actually around. Do you know there is Sheer going to be around in the next election? Will Justin Trudeau uh, carry the Liberals into a next election? Elizabeth May has said that she wants to, you know, just get back to being an MP and not being the leader. So, you know, what do you what are your thoughts on on that? What are your thoughts two days out on the election where you're sitting right now, what you're feeling right now on what you've heard, what you've been listening to as you've had a, a chance to chew on it a little bit? Let me know. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Says it seems like Kenny wants to ride in like a white knight to save Alberta and Saskatchewan. It's important not to forget his role as Harper's pal to not get us out of this mess when he had the opportunity to do so when they were in power. I believe Shear may have just been a placeholder while Kenny comes to Alberta to build his resume. Now, when we were talking about uh, separatism over the past 24 to 36 hours. Um, the Premier has said if the PM doesn't keep his word on supporting the West, there will be lasting damage to national unity. Uh, as you heard during that last interview, Kenny's saying his government's going to create a panel to get ideas on how Alberta can be treated more fairly in the Canadian Federation. And he says the panel will hold public sessions and expects those to be emotional. People have a bloody right to be frustrated in this province. They have every right. There are pe- look, there are people who have lost their homes, lost their jobs, their families that have broken up. We've seen it as the University of Calgary confirmed last month a spike in suicides in Alberta in the past four years. Paul has been waiting on the phone. Hi, Paul. Thanks for calling. Hi. We need separation. This is not working. It hasn't worked in many, many years. We need separation. It's time. Uh, And and so you say it hasn't worked in many years. For you, what's not working, Paul? Well, how we pay for everything and work our asses off here. And the rest of the country uh, is basically waiting for us to pay their bills for them. You know, separation is almost impossible, and it would um, create even more challenges, eh? Well, it it can't be any worse than what's happening now. Mm. Like, the strife that's happened here, I've lived here all my life, and the strife that's happening here, it has just increased every year that I've lived here. It used to be a good place to live. So, Paul, is it not just, I know there's a lot of people that are really PO'd because, you know, the Liberals got back in power, but you're saying it's been going on for years, so not just with the Liberals, when the Conservatives were in power as well? It doesn't matter who you put in there. They're a bunch of criminals. Uh, You can see it from the scandals from every political party that we've had. There's been scandal upon a scandal, and uh, there's just... 
it's it's time for change. We we need change here. Paul, I appreciate your phone call. Thank you very much. Four nine six zero zero six three. Jason Kenny was asked about the notion of Western separatism, and he says he doesn't mm, says it doesn't make sense to landlock ourselves further. I think the solution to um, frustration that's expressing itself in separatist sentiment is a uh, positive ideas about reforming the federation uh, for a fair deal for Alberta. And uh, that's what we're focused on doing. That's what we have been doing. And he went on to say that um, he believes at heart most Albertans are patriots. We should not let Justin Trudeau and his policies make us feel unwelcome in our own country. Uh, And some of your texts coming in, John says a lot of the Alberta crying is because of people living beyond their means. That's from John this afternoon. This one says East-West divide appears to me to be an artificial creation of conservative politicians. It's a game to keep us all fired up against a non-enemy so we're not thinking about what is really going on here at home. Well, what is going on here at home? Uh, Tomorrow is the budget. It will be the Kenny government's first budget. Uh, We'll take a look ahead at that and we have some concerns, not surprisingly, from some of the unions in the province. We'll hear from one of the biggies next.